there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kenneth Head Road, Darnley. Let's go! And look who's with us tonight, the former Rangers and Celtic striker. He scored for both teams in the Old Firm Derby, Kenny Miller. Kenny, great to have you back in. How are you feeling ahead of the game? Oh. 40, what... Four hours to go. Yeah, can't wait. Cannot, yeah. absolutely cannot wait. It's uh, Rangers' last chance. If they're going to have any hope, it's a chance for Celtic to probably confirm it with a win, even with a draw. Uh, it, it would probably make it even... Again, it's probably still going to be gone. But yeah, can't wait for it. It's a chance with the two best teams in the country. Really, really good teams. Go head-to-head. Rangers looking to right the wrong of that cup final defeat a few weeks back. Celtic, like I say, looking to probably go and clinch the league. He's in all white tonight and in white and cream he's back for the second time this week. The man who's at the club you were at this time last year, the captain Stephen McGinn. Stephen, welcome back in. Hi Paul, good to be here. Good to see Kenny as well. Have you been exchanging a bit of chat about Falkirk? Yeah, yeah. Just met him a couple of weeks ago at the Scotland game so uh, renewing the conversation. How are you feeling for Saturday? You've got the your own derby against Dunfermline. Yeah, obviously it's a fixture. Uh, speak about Rangers needing to bounce back. We need to bounce back. We lost it in Fermanagh a few weeks ago. So, yeah, looking forward to getting back out there and trying to right that wrong. Alan Hutton, he's been saying he believes Alan McGregor will hang up his gloves this summer. Kenny, what do you think? You're close to the scene. You know him so well, played alongside him. What do you reckon? Well, I must say, if Alan Hutton's saying that, he will definitely have some inside yeah. information. Yeah. Uh, I hope he doesn't. I really yeah. do. Uh, I think he's still got a lot to offer arguably still the best goalkeeper in the country he's definitely the best goalkeeper in the building at Ibrox so uh, he'll make that decision himself and I know Alan will be giving his opinion I think he will have had these conversations with, uh, with, with, with Greg Zay but he does keep his cards close to his chest and I think he'll be waiting to see how the season plays out Are you saying Alan McGregor is a better keeper than Joe Hart? Or are you just talking about the Scotland oh, goalkeeper? Well, listen, no, no, there's I, one to throw out isn't absolutely, it? Absolutely yeah. and I think it's a debate there I mean Joe Hart's a wonderful goalkeeper uh, and he's been he's had a real long career at the, at the absolute top as well but I still think again it's an argument it's a good debate and I think there'll be obviously half the city will say it's, it's Joe Hart yeah. and the other half will say it's Alan McGregor but <laughs> For me, he's a, he's, the bottom line is he's a top, top level goalkeeper and he, it'll be big gloves to fill if he does retire. 0808 17 17 700, you know the number to speak to Kenny Miller, the former Rangers uh, Scotland and Celtic striker as well. He's pretty unique though, isn't it, Kenny? Not many people have played for both and I know you enjoyed both times. Obviously, you had three spells at Rangers and you're one of the greats of Rangers, but I know you enjoyed your time at Celtic too. Listen, another good year there. Uh, I've said on the show that uh, yeah. it went and gave me exactly what I wanted, which was in a team who wanted to win leagues and win cups and, and, and play in the Champions League. And, and it served that. Like I say, as I, personally, I think it could have been better that year, to be honest, but it's not about individual things. It's about the, those clubs, Rangers and Celtic, being successful and winning trophies in that season, provided a league and a Scottish Cup and a, and a last 16 venture at the Champions League, where we eventually lost AC Milan. So like you say, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a successful year. Uh, obviously then, 
left and went to Derby and came back to Rangers and had a successful spell there as well. So it was, uh, yeah, it's good successful times. You go to these clubs to win trophies sure. and play at that level. No fans, uh, no Rangers fans will be there. Stephen and I spoke about it the other night with John Hartson as well. We had loads of calls about it. It's such a pity. Kenny, what's your feeling about it? No opposition fans now for the two old firm games? You know, it's... The fixture's the fixture, you know, and it is a, it's a, one of the biggest derbies in the world. I think the fans being there, uh, and back not just the 800 fans or the 1,000 yeah. fans, I think the 7,000, yeah. 5,000, whatever it was, I think that adds to the energy within the stadium, the the, the edge and the rivalry, yeah. not only between the two teams on the pitch, but with the fans off the pitch, it just brings a different kind of energy. And I think it isn't the same spectacle without them. The game's still sensational. Let's like say the two best teams in the country, and really, really good teams as well, hopefully going at it and showing their best levels. Not the levels we've seen in the cup final a few weeks ago. They're absolute A game. I would like to see the two of them go head to head. But no, it isn't the same type of vibe. Uh, with the passion and the energy that the fans bring. Do you think the handbrake will be off for both teams for this one? Are they both going to really go for it? Or is it cat and mouse? What do you think? No, listen, I think there will be a bit of cat and mouse because I think uh, both managers will, I think Moore and Joe will, will stick to the way. I mean, they've had great success against Rangers, particularly at Celtic Park over the last couple of seasons. It's up to Michael and Rangers to find a way to stop that and then impose their game because Rangers have got good players, there's no doubt about it. It's up to the Rangers to really impose their game and get on top of Celtic. Kenny Miller. Stephen McGinn, Paul Cooney, you can call us now 0808 17 17 700 or join the conversation at Go Football Show. As Stephen, I see Connor Goldson's in the press today saying um, Rangers went back to square one. They should have capitalised on winning the title two seasons ago and they failed to. He's been talking about it. What did you feel about the article from the Rangers vice-captain? Yeah, well, I think I think it's what maybe Rangers fans will want to hear, the, the honesty of it. Um, he's been a huge part of it. He's obviously a a leader in that dressing room and they, they probably did feel in a position of strength Celtic going into that summer looked like a, a full summer rebuild a lot of players leaving a lot of successful Celtic players were leaving and Rangers looked like the team that was going to I'm sure they were favourites for, for last season title and you, you'll be frustrated because you're thinking how have we let that it was so hard to, to become number one how have we gone back to two so quickly and um even within that they've gone to a European final so it's not as if they dramatically dropped off they, they were still a really good side but um, yes yeah, I, I quite liked reading that I enjoyed the fact that because the one thing that group of players has been accused of is not winning enough trophies so I, I enjoyed listening to him talk about it well, that's what he says doesn't he he admits he understands why the fans are frustrated because of the lack of trophies won during the current with the current squad and he reckons the club failed to take advantage of that win in 2021. UEFA revealed that Rangers made 18 million from the European venture last year. Seems a while ago, doesn't it, Kenny? When you think about it, less than a year ago, Seville. It does, you know, yeah. it seems like a lifetime yeah. ago. I mean, I was I was there, I was working yeah. at the game. It was a brilliant kind of three days that we had in Seville, uh, obviously culminating in a, in a disappointing result. And one kick of the ball, Paul. One kick of the yep. ball with Ryan Kent's boot in, mm. in the last seconds of injury time, uh, he actually lifted the Europa League and it would have been an incredible achievement for our, for Rangers but also for Scotland as well to have a club go and lift another European trophy considering the resources of the big European leagues now so it was uh, it was an incredible time like you say you fast forward now it's, it was a really disappointing Champions League campaign again against mm. real elite level superpower opposition in the Champions League with Liverpool and Napoli uh, ahead in that it was, uh, it was always going to be tough but uh, yeah you look at where they're at in the league at the moment 
that's nothing to do with Michael Beale by the way because nope. obviously he's went toe-to-toe in regards to points gain since he's came in only dropped those two points uh, at the Celtic in the 2-2 draw at Ibrox in, the, in January the 2nd but they've not been able to close that gap they've lost the cup final which is the big big blot on Michael's record at the moment he does have an opportunity to write that at the end of the month in the Scottish Cup semi-final It's funny how uh, sliding door moments I had Sky on the other day and I saw Carling Cup final was that 2011-2012 it was you, Cardiff against Liverpool and there you were knocking your pan in went to extra time pulling the strings I was you were all over the pitch it was, uh, I just saw the, the last 20 minutes or so but you you came so close to win the League Cup the Carling Club, Cup that's football isn't it you just it is, is that a regret you had that day you know I mean regret I mean you're playing against Liverpool and, sure. and you were Cardiff in the, in, the, in the championship it was an incredible trip to there yeah. and it was a great day for us to, to actually get there but nobody gives you a chance I mean I mean, again, quietly within the group, you always believe, you know, and it was a decent group of players there. Obviously, Malky McKay, the yeah. manager, a really good manager. He took us the way, or was a yeah. young Malky, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he, he took us all the way to there. And I'll be honest, we lose on penalties, uh, which, again, is always tough to take. But I had a chance on the 86th minute, a quick free kick for Don Cowie. He flipped into me, I took a touch, and it just sat up perfect. And I just hit it ever so slightly over the bar. Thought it was in all the way, and it just, yeah. went, just went over the bar in the top corner. It was a big chance. Still thinking it now, Paul. I just missed that bit and they said yep. and Kenny Miller who's played so well got yep. so close always put that daft accent on they're so close to Kenny Miller 86 <laughs> and then I missed my penalty as well oh, which doesn't help yeah. either <laughs> I was at that game were you? yeah I was just yeah. spoke about Don Cowie I yeah. got quite close to him at Watford, Watford and, of course. Yeah, I was still at Watford at the time so went, went down to Wembley my wife now wife at the yeah. time we went, we went to the game and Liverpool were hanging in at times huh. Was that part of the courting? I'll take you to a cup final. Yeah. Well, right. She knew what she was signing up for. Yeah, yeah special tickets. <laughs> Sorry, I jumped in there. And, and what nearly happened? No, I just remember yeah. it was it was it was a brilliant game. There was yeah, so much going was. on, and I think it was a, I think it was Anthony Gerrard, Stephen Gerrard's cousin, that missed the, the signed yeah, penalty. Yeah, and yeah, was. I remember yeah. he was quite upset. They'd been left out the team, and just the way football, a wee reminder probably to kind of mm. keep your head down because you can always get on that pitch to make a difference. Stephen, the defender, is with us getting ready for the... Well, you're getting ready for this weekend. You've got the derby and then it's only three weeks on Saturday for the game against Inverness, Cali Thistle. Maybe talk about that. You might uh, ask Kenny for a few tips. We had John Hartson with him the other night. We're trying to get a goal for Falkirk. It's funny how it happens sometimes. I know it's no laughing matter. They haven't scored a goal since that great win over Air United. Yeah, listen, they've had a good season so yeah. far. They're in a, obviously, they'd much rather be going up automatically, but they're in a position now where they're going into that treacherous uh, time of the playoffs. Uh, again, even in that, the way the, like, the structure is, you still want to make sure you get that second mm-hmm. spot because when you're going through that third or fourth spot, it's like the extra two games can be big. So it's, uh, it's, there's going to be a positive end there, probably, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Again, for Falkirk, again, I know how much it'll mean to them with everything we went through last season. If they can get to that cup final as well, it'd be an incredible achievement. Treacherous is a big word, it's a great word, but there is jeopardy there. You still get affection for Falkirk? You know, I had a great spell. I was fortunate enough that Martin Rennie took me in and it was great to work alongside him. And it is, it's a club that shouldn't be where they're at. Uh, you could feel the pain of the fans and the frustration when things were just talking about it before. Yeah. And if things, as soon as you go that 1-0 down, irrespective of how the game's actually going or how you're playing, you can sense the frustration for, for the fans because they've suffered a bit over the last few years. But hopefully it'll, it'll finish off on a real positive note for them this year, potentially a promotion and a cup final. So they've got a lot to look forward to, yeah. You can speak to Kenny Miller or Stephen McGinn. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. The Masters is underway. And Kenny, you love your 
your golf as well. Who's going to win? I asked you in the office beforehand. You know, I've got a wee feeling for Rory yeah. this year. I know he's right up there with the favourites, but he's right up there with the favourites in every tournament they enter. So I've got a hope, hope that he can go, go and win it and, and complete that career grand slam with the majors. So yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed for Rory. Give me Scott Scheffler will no be far yeah. away. And I know I'm just backing the oh, favourites here, sure. but listen, he's, he's, uh, he seems to come into form at this time of season. Scheffler off at 1.36 local time. Uh, Stephen, what about you? Who's going to win it, do you think? The Masters 2023. The weather not so good this year. I'm not a... I don't actually know. I'm, I'd, I'd love to say a name, throw it a name. <laughs> yeah, Scott Scheffler. I, 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 yeah. I, I watch Sunday. Yeah, so after sure. football's done on Sunday I'll put yeah. it on to the Masters and enjoy that last day but I'm not yeah. one of those that sit from Thursday afternoon right well, through I, to Sunday night well, you know yeah. what I normally would be strapped into the couch you know so I'm actually <laughs> taking time out of my Masters my favourite oh, week of the man. year to come here and do the Go Radio football show and we're delighted that you have Kenny thanks <clears> for joining us um, and then on Saturday you'll be at the game as well obviously you'll be there what kind of reception do you get when you go back to Celtic? Listen, it's been the, the last two times that I've been there working at it, it's been the 3 0 and the 4 0. So yeah. the place has had a real party atmosphere, and I've been sitting with a bit of a face like Fizz, you yeah. know. But it's uh, you get in nice and early, and you miss the and you miss the crowds coming in, and you can get parked up in your spot looking forward to the game because a game when you're doing there, it's the best seats in the house, right on the halfway line. You got a perfect view of the game. It's uh, like I said, I'm just hoping for a, a really good game when the two teams turn up and give their A game because it would be really interesting to see when two teams turn up going at it if they like who would come out on top because I really believe. Celtic have been the team that have mm. been in the ascendancy in the fixtures in the last in the last 18 months or so but uh, I still believe Rangers are a really good team with some good players and I think the the January additions as well they've not really experienced uh, in full as yet and it'd be nice to see them on the pitch on Saturday as well Johnny has been on the socials asking for your teams so give us your team shortly yep. yep Celtic and Rangers we're going to go on the lines now and John is on a Celtic fan in Shettleson hello John how are you guys alright yeah, hey John. pretty good. Hey John. Stephen, you good? Yeah. yeah, good. Just check. Kenny, all right? All good, yep, all good. John, what's in your mind? Uh, well, I've just seen reports today. I don't know what he's making yet. Of that. Potentially, we're going to be without Hattati and Taylor on Saturday. I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm not confident getting these games at the best of times, but I think Hattati will be a massive, massive miss for Celtic. Taylor as well, but Hattati's influence has been unbelievable this this season and I think a massive loss to see what you think of that Stephen yeah I agree I think um, Hattati's since the World Cup I think he's gone up a, a couple of levels he's looked really special over the last few months um, he's been Celtic's best player in my opinion since the break um, but I would be more worried I think of Taylor I think the drop off from Hattati to, to O'Reilly isn't as big a drop off as Taylor to Burnaby. I think the, the fitness of Taylor is even more important than Hattati in my opinion I do get you saying that. I think Hattati's having a real good season. Still no official word, Kenny. What do you think, though? Uh, I think he'd be a huge loss. Yeah. I really do. I think, if anything, on the weekend against Ross County, he was missed. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he brings so much energy to the game, quality, and like Stephen says, his, his game has this season just gradually got better and better and better as each month's passed. So it's, uh, he'd be a massive loss. I do think Taylor would be a big loss as well because I think the way he's adapted to firstly the challenge of Burnaby coming in for big money and the way he's kind of took on uh, Angie's concepts with drive, drive, like dropping inside and getting involved in the build up there. But when he gets there, he actually makes really, really good forward runs as well. And he causes teams a lot of problem with the rotations on the left-hand side, whether it be with Maeda or Jota. And, uh, and Hattati gets involved in that side as well. There's just a real good combination on that left side of the pitch, you know. So it'll be a big loss, as, as will Taylor. 
Ian, that, to be honest, it's good. It's good news for Rangers if, if they guys are not playing because, I, I, like I say, I don't think the. I think O'Reilly. I'm a big O'Reilly fan, you know. So if it's a tatty, uh, sorry, if it's uh, McGregor, O'Reilly, and Moy, if Moy's fit, yeah. I think. But I think if Hatati and Moy are both not fit, mm. I think there's a, there's things missing for that Celtic midfield. What about you, John? What are you feeling, Awata? What did you reckon of his appearances? I liked. I liked Awata. Yeah. Um, it seems to sit sits very well playing the number six, and you kind of let, let McGregor get forward a wee bit more, but. I, it's just very, it's a very untested kind of yeah. midfield to go into such a big game. Do you know what I mean? I agree with Kenny saying like, Hatati, Taylor's been brilliant, right? But mm-hmm. if you're telling me I'm going to lose a left back, you're going to lose one of your most creative outlets in the team. We all do respect to Taylor. You can't even run the game for left back. Do you know what I mean? Even though you like to play inverted, yeah. Burnaby, it'll be it'll be a trial by fire. Do you know what I mean? But without Hatati and without Moy, that's a disaster. Can I ask Kenny something though? Because I like to have your own Kenny, your own. Yep. He's obviously got an experience in these derbies, somewhat controversial, right? But <laughs> like, we, we see, without any away fans, did, does Kenny think that this is like no away? Put it actually, no away team in this fixture when there's been any have any fans has ever has ever won the game, right? Rangers or Celtic when it's been played at Parkhead or Ibrox with any away fans, no away team have ever got a point or won. Do you does Kenny think as a player? Does that play in the back of your mind that you've not got a wee section, even at 800 or 4,000 or 25? That, like, where, yep. How do you quantify that? Do you know what I mean? You know what? For me, again, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't make a difference to me preparing for the game or thinking any anything other than going and winning the game. But what I would say is, and I've said it a million times, that the fans being there and the energy that they bring and, and the... And just even the rivalry in the stands, what gets created, it, it creates a different atmosphere. You know, so maybe listen, there's maybe something in it. I would never go into into a game because I I would go into games home or away that I just I, I wanted to win. You know, it's another stadium, it's another set of players that are in front of you would want to win. But particularly, I think if it gets on top of it, I mean, there's something again. You're talking about this Rangers team and things that Connor Goldson have been talking about this week about no kicking on and maybe that kind of that lack of that killer edge and and maybe getting a little bit complacent after the 55 season. That maybe they're going into that. Maybe they need that energy. Maybe they need that. And if if Celtic are getting on top of them, particularly at Celtic Park, maybe they just can't find that kind of like the levels required to go and get in a game because, like I said, I was at the three 0 and the four 0 and look, and the games could have been more. Yeah. You know, they could have been more. Uh, and there was no great performances. Again, there was I think there was some fans at one of them, if I remember rightly, but it was that yep. eight hundred number, which is great. Yep. You know, I really, really enjoyed the old firms, whether it be at Celtic Park or Ibrox, when there is a, a big away fans, a big away section, because like I said, I think it all adds into the passion, the, the adrenaline gets flown, and there's a real energy in the stadiums when the fans are there. So there might be something in it, John. Mm. Stephen, it's not confirmed. We don't know yet for sure about Hatati, but there's lots in social media about it and Greg Taylor as well. I mean, we talked about Iwata there, but you want Callum McGregor in that deeper position, which he plays brilliantly. Yeah, a lot get made up uh, after the cup final, the midfield battle. I mean, you're actually looking at the midfield this weekend from from that day. They could be totally different. I mean, you could you could make a case for Rangers changing all three if they, if they go with Raskin, uh, Ryan Jack and Todd Cantwell. And if Moy and Hitati don't make it and it's O'Reilly and Iwata, you're actually looking at Callum McGregor being only player out of the six from that midfield battle. So it's got to suit Rangers in that way in terms of what they felt they were lacking in that midfield battle that day. John, despite all that, what's your prediction for Saturday? 3-0 three, three Celtic. 
Female Celtic. Scott Bean in goals. Tom Boyd at right back. 3-0 Celtic. <laughs> Only in Glasgow. It's just irrepressible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah you know, listen, we'll yeah. get the next caller sure. saying it'll be 3 0 Rangers, yeah. so we don't need to worry about that. <laughs> and what about Kyogo? Is it going to be his day? Is he back on it, do you think, John? Uh, he's he's, uh, he's looks looks unplayable at this form at the moment in time. So I I can see him getting in amongst the goals. Um, yeah. I think Jota Jot has been a bit quiet the last few derbies, so mm-hmm. he think he needs to step up a wee bit. But I I can I, I, I don't like tenth fate and then get slagged for it. End up a meme on Twitter, but I think that I think that Celtic should see this comfortably on Saturday. Just due to the fact that it's a Celtic partners, mate. There's no away fans in the form that they're in. I can't really look past them. And final question, I asked Kenny earlier on, who's the best keeper currently? It was in the context of Alan McGregor. Should he stay for next season at Rangers? And he said he's maybe maybe the best keeper in the country. Who do you prefer, Joe Hart or Alan McGregor? Joe Hart. <laughs> Joe, and, and, like, if, you're talking, if you're talking right now, Joe Hart. And he, to be honest with you, if you're talking of all time, I'd still probably say Joe Hart because he's, <laughs> he's won the Premier League. He played for Manchester City. You know, it has to be Joe Hart for me. Daftest question of the day. Of okay, that. exactly. Yeah. Listen, John, thanks a lot for calling. Enjoy it. You'll be. Are you going to the match? I am. I'm at 10 o'clock in the morning, bought a mad dog for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Drink responsibly. Cheers, John. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kenneth Head Road, Darnley. Let's go. Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Paul Cooney with Kenny Miller. And Stephen, again, lots of your calls coming in as well. Uh, we had a Rangers fan on, uh, well, he's coming on now a few moments ago, the Celtic fan, who's a bit worried about, well, we're waiting to find out, you know, Hatati may well be fit. Uh, Greg Taylor could be too, but Celtic have had a uncharacteristically, Stephen, because for most of the season, they've had very few injury worries. Yeah, it was something they had to deal with a lot last year. Um, a skeleton team almost up to Christmas last year, so uh, they'll be delighted with the minute times if they've had their full strength team to pick from but yeah it is a worry with, with Hatati, Moy and Taylor certainly going into the weekend but you just hope that as many of them as possible can be fit It's going to be some game we're on air live from 12 on the build up John Hartson will be here where you are Stephen and where you are Kenny it'll be your old teammate Barry Ferguson who'll be with us and he'll be there and you'll be uh, on as well Uh, it's going to be someday Uh, Rangers fans on the line now 0808 17 17 700 Scott is on Hi Scott Hi guys, how's this? Yeah, good, how are you? Uh, I am alright, I'm a bit nervous, but... Everyone is. I'm alright. Yeah, everyone is. Barry says he doesn't sleep the night before. Kenny, do you still, what's it like? Oh, listen, I'm still absolutely pumped for it, but aye, I'll sleep like a baby as always (laughs) did. As long as you didn't during the game, that was the main thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Saving my energy for the game. Indeed, yeah. Scott, what do you want to ask? What do you want to say to Kenny and to Stephen? Um... I've I've seen a lot of folk recently talk about Sakala and if and folk are saying about playing him up front. Mm -hmm. I think I don't understand. Personally, I don't understand at all. Because if you remember the game at Ibrook, Sakala up front was easy. We didn't win the game. We took Morelos off. We brought Scott Wright on and we put Sakala through the middle and Carter Vickers and Starfield just ate him up and couldn't hold the ball up. And we're going to need to hold the ball up again at Celtic Park. So I don't understand why focusing Sakala up front because there's pace. But we need more than pace. If you're going to play Sakala, I think you'd need to play him at wide because that's his best position. Yeah, play him wide. I wouldn't play him anyway, but I wouldn't play him up front anyway. Kenny, can we ask you your Rangers team then at this point? And I think Scott would like to hear. What do you think? Well, I think uh, 
it is, it's intriguing. I think there is a lot of guys that do pretty much pick themselves. I think the back yeah. five will, will be what it always is. It'll be McGregor and Goal, it'll be Tav, Golds and Davies, Barisic. I think what Stephen was alluding to earlier, I think that midfield from the cup final could be a completely different midfield and it could yeah. be the Raskin, Cantwell, Jack combination that the game after the cup final, it was that. That was also in the, the Hibs performance away at Easter Road where they were absolutely sensational was that, that the night. the best all Oh season? yes, absolutely. Uh, absolutely, they were, they were superb that night. Should have been eight uh, in the game. And up front is now where it, where it goes. Do you go, like Scott says, do you want to put a, a like an actual recognised nine in Morelos or Trolak through the middle, which I think it will be. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be a case of who's going to be either, either side of them or up front with one of them because that's the way Michael has been playing he's, he's been giving Ryan Kent a more freer role uh, again whether you want to call it a diamond whether you want to call it a box with Raskin and Jack at the bottom of the box with Cantwell and Kent at the top of it uh, and behind that kind of striker what's one thing for sure Tavernier and Goldson in their in, uh, sorry Tavernier and Barisic yeah. in possession will push really really high and give them the width uh, aye, it's interesting I think uh, I think they probably will play a nine, so it'll be Cholak or Morelos again. Which one is? I'm not too sure. And I tend to think like it was. Question was put: Would he play Tillman instead of Sakala in that kind of area? And, and he did last week. Again, it was slightly different to the shape again. But what they've got when they have Ras, if they have Raskin, Cantwell, Jack, Kent, and Tillman, all kind of in that middle area of the pitch behind a, a Cholak or a Morelos, they've got. I think that's probably their best footballers in the team. Mm-hmm. So, and I know Michael wants to play a certain way and what he will want is to impose their game. He won't want to have Celtic to have 70% of the ball and they're constantly on, like, in the rhythm and in flow and asking questions. He'll be wanting to get pressure on the ball and when Rangers get it, he'll be wanting to keep a hold of it and make Celtic chase. And I think the team that you've seen last week against Dundee United, it would be hard to leave someone like Tillman out who scored the two goals, yeah. obviously. And I think if it was anyone, I think he could have been the guy that might have been sacrificed for a Sakala. Unless he went, like my big mate said this week, yeah. Big Boy Day, he went like that type of false nine or put maybe Sakala through the middle. Uh, again, I do tend to agree with Scott when Sakala's been in that position, he's maybe not been great, he's maybe better in a wider or up front in the two like he was at Easter Road with Cholak where he can use his pace to exploit spaces in behind. Stephen, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with Scott on, on Sakala. I, th- I, th- I think he's a wide player. Um, part of his strength is just that untr- unpredictability. He, he, he hits the back post like a like a third forward instead of a, just a winger. And he caused uh, Juranovic a lot of problems out wide in the, the last game at Ibrox. Um, so I would have him out wide. I, I don't think he holds the ball well enough up front. I think he can still be a threat in, in behind from out wide. With the team, I, I, I've got McKenney as well, McGregor in the same back four, Barisic, Davis, Goldson, Tavernier. The midfield, I think what we're asking in Jack, mm-hmm. I've just gone with Tillman instead of Tantwell, uh, Cantwell just because of his two goals last weekend. I think he's had a good season, mm-hmm. uh, good first season at Rangers and I would just give him the nod. Out wide, I've gone with Sakala and Ryan Kent and I've gone with Cholak up front. You've gone with Cholak. Scott, who would you go up front? Would you go Cholak or Morelos? I think it has to be Morelos because even even the game even the cup final I thought you got the goal brought Jack Raskin and Cantwell on we had the momentum we were playing alright took Morelos off brought Cholak on and momentum died and I think you have to play Morelos I think I think the only thing if you're going to as I said you play this other party and you hold the ball up and I think Morelos is the best at that I just thought he'd done alright against Carvickers in the cup final for the first time and I think you have to play Morelos up front 
I think he just adds everything. I think the only thing Cholak gives you, Morelos doesn't. And Cholak's a better finisher. Mm-hmm. I think every other aspect of the game, Morelos is better. And you need it at Celtic Park. Kenny, you know you were a great striker for so long at Rangers and many others. What do you see when you see Morelos these days? He's frustrated. Has he still got it? Does he want to give it at it's, Rangers? It's, he's still got it. There's no yeah. doubt about it. It's if he wants to show it, mm-hmm. you know that that's it. It's the choice that he he can make. Because I do agree with everything that Scott said, but the only reason, this is why we're actually having this debate right now, because if you're talking about a fully fit Alfredo Morelos, who's firing, and Antonio Cholak, mm-hmm. I probably think, and by the way, I think Cholak's been excellent, but I think for all the reasons that Scott gave, all other aspects of the game, I think Morelos maybe just, he has maybe more pressing ability when he's fit and at it. I think he's, he's more physical, he's quicker, there's no more mobile, there's no doubt about it. But at the moment, Cholak looks like he is maybe working harder. He has scored a, a really good number of goals. So it is a question out there, but I just think, what what's going on with Alfredo in the next two, two and a half months? Where is he going to be playing his football next year? And that has been something that's... You know what? For, for him, he's came to the club when he was a 20-year-old, and it's something that's been constantly thrown at him since he's been there. There's been a lot of pressure on him. There's been a lot of interest in him. The question has always been there, is he going to move? It's, honestly, it's been every transfer window for yep. five seasons. He's getting linked with moves away. And now... He's not been performing at the best of his abilities this year through, obviously, injury initially that carried on for last season into this season. Antonio Chola comes in and gets the amount of goals he got in that first couple of months of the season. He found himself on the bench. He's not a good sub. That's no, it. He's, he's, he's not, not a good thing. sub. I think everybody can see that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's intriguing. You know, I've said it right for the start of the week. As soon as that last game gets done and you get your eyes fixed on the old firm that's upcoming, it's really intriguing to see Michael's team selection on Saturday. He's not a good sub, Stephen. That could be a good thing because you know none of you won't ever want to be on the bench. But I know what you mean. He just doesn't look part of it. It's all about him. But Stephen, do you think he still could come alive for Rangers on on Saturday? I I, I agree with Scott. I thought I thought um, he was one of Rangers' better players in the cup final. Mm. I think he he tried to lead the line, but he looked isolated at times. They, they weren't getting up to support him. Celtic really strangled them Rangers into their own half. But I just think over the in the semi-final I think I'd maybe go with Morelos one last give us a one big glass performance okay. before you yeah. leave in the summer but I just think he, he's not been reliable enough in these league games to at least you know what you're going to get with Cholak and that's the thing though see going in there it's sometimes it's not just the, the important decision is know who you play up front it's like you say he maybe firstly Celtic had all the ball so a lot of the time he's having to be spent kind of no involved or on one if you get the right people about him and you get a bit of control within the game then you might get more out of Alfredo or you might get more out of Cholak. It's maybe not necessarily about that. That's why when you think about it, it's not just about, it's about what else can they bring to the game. You know, it's a work ethic again because you've got to think Celtic, when they have the ball, they might have the line. Should they, the, 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 like the, the clever betting guy would be betting for Celtic to have the ball. So it's maybe who's got more energy to actually put them under a bit of pressure. And again, I fully feel Alfredo think can do that better because he can do it quicker. Scott, Here's another. Can I give you another line up here? See what you think. Um, Douglas has been on from Belfast, big Rangers fan. So he's got McGregor in goals, of course. He's got a back three. He's gone Suter, uh, Davies, and Goldson. Or Goldson and Davies. He's got Tavernier and Yilmaz rather than Barisic. No Barisic. He's got Cantwell and Raskin, Sakala and Kent, and Tillman up front. That's what he's going for. You know what? Right? If I listen, I, I yeah. get the the kind of thought about. If I'm a betting man, I'm going to bet there's at least three players I'll not be playing. I just think, uh, I, I don't think they'll go that that back three. 
I think Michael's alluded to the fact that he could use it in the future. Mm-hmm. I think the way he uses it is by dropping maybe a Lundstrom back in like he did, kind of did for, for times against Dundee United last week and then you had Davies on either side and you had Goldson and if you've seen the way they played again, completely different game against Dundee United. You had Goldson was actually up pulling the strings at points in the game last week and it was his pass that actually released Cantwell to flip it on the corner for Tillman for the first goal last week. So, uh, no, I can't. And if no. he does play a back three, I don't think it would be those three centre-backs. I think it would be more like a midfielder dropping back in and I've said it a number of times and I'm going to get a wee bit, a wee bit tactical yeah. on you here sometimes the formation is different in an attacking sense as it mm-hmm. is in a, in, a, in a defensive sense it's not just a 4-3-3 or a 3-4-3 yeah. f- or whatever you want to call it and I think when Michael can be setting out if his team are going to look to build or play a certain way it might be more that way yeah. dropping that midfielder back in to like to get the like the building phase of the game but listen I don't think they'll play a back three at the weekend Stephen and Scott what he does say Douglas says his Rangers starting lineup gives them pace in the wings with Tav and Ridvan he says no Barisic because the, uh, the creativity and speed will come from the centre mid uh, a pace on the left and the right and he said Tillman has played as a striker in Germany Right, yeah. so, so it's a potential, this kind of false nine chat, the, yeah, the narrative's kind of yeah. built uh, as the week's going on, but I think in, a, in the cup final, I think Michael Beale took a chance on Tillman, mm-hmm. I don't think he was fat, I don't think he was fully fat going into the game, and he looked he looked off it, I think Celtic are going to come up against a Rangers midfield that are more athletic, that do get about the pitch more, because Celtic are going to play at a tempo, we all know how Celtic are going to approach the game, the, the throwings, I think Rangers are going to be better prepared for the game on Saturday, and that's why I think it's, it's making up for a really exciting game. Sure, will do. Scott, before we ask your scoreline, who's the better keeper in your eyes? Is it Joe Hart or Alan McGregor at the moment? At the moment, I'd, I'd probably say Joe Hart. Because I think, I think McGregor, McGregor is... I think he should have went last season. I think he came on in the cup final, big goodbye, win a trophy. I think he should have retired then and we should have signed a top keeper in the summer. And I think he's... He's still a fine shot stopper, but he's he can't he's never been that good at distribution, which you need more. And he's no he's never really been good at coming for crosses, which he's struggling with now. And I I think Gohart Gohart I think Gohart's form was under the radar in terms of I don't think he's been as good as he was last season. But I still think I'd pick Gohart over Al McGregor Kenny. right now. Yeah. You know, listen, sure. it's everybody's yeah. opinions. You know, it's just. I know, the, I know the guy I know it's easy to say go and sign a top keeper yeah. who and how much is it going to and cost much? you yeah. you know it's uh, you've got one of the best in the business in, in goal already and doesn't matter what age he is he's, uh, he's still a top top keeper so if that's not a priority and it needs to be Rangers moving forward I get it but when you've got limited funds and you need to maximise it, for me, there's way more areas of that Rangers team that need strength and other than the goalkeeper. Because Rangers, and they need a striker for next season because it looks as though Morellas will be away or whatever. This thing goes on year after year, what's going to happen there. Uh, and Scott, the chairman has gone this week after, well, delivered the title for you two years ago, Douglas Park, lifelong Rangers fan. John Bennett, it's a succession, isn't it? Because he was the vice chairman. Does it matter to you as a, a big Rangers fan who is at the top of the tree? I think, as for me personally, no. But I think Stuart Robertson and Ross Wilson have to be next. I think if you look at the signings under Ross Wilson, there's maybe four successes, maybe five at a push. But when you actually look at the list, a lot aren't great. And I think Ross, if we're gonna, if we need to win a league title, the biggest signing we can make is a director of football. 
But he's going to get this summer, isn't he, Kenny? At least this year. The, the manager says they're on course to get you know a number of players. He's happy with the budget, but it will be the defining summer for the director of football, I would imagine, because he's competing with Ange Postacoglu, who's been brilliant in the transfer market. And you know that's it, because in Glasgow, that's the way it works. Yeah. You know, not only are you judged on the business that you're doing, you're judged on what's going across, uh, what's going on across the city. And Celtic have been very, very good in that department. Uh, something Ranger again, like Scott says, might be a bit of a 50-50 at the moment, but it's Michael Beale's first summer. You know, I think he's brought two really, really good additions to the squad uh, in on January in Cantwell and Raskin. He said he wants another number of players to be coming in. Again, there is a lot of shuffling to go within that Ranger squad with guys leaving and, and guys coming in. He seems really, really positive about the budget and the money he's got to spend to actually kind of refresh the squad. Again, I don't think, I think rebuild's the wrong word. I think refresh is probably a better word. Uh, and again, really interested. They've still got a job to do, you know, because what Michael will know is if there is not an upturn in the performances in these last three old firm games, and that leads obviously to a semi-final defeat in a trophyless season before a ball's even kicked, before one of these players enters back into Murray Park for pre-season, there is going to be a lot of pressure on that on Rangers manager and the Rangers team. I was thinking about this watching the Everton-Tottenham game the other night. I was mm -hmm. thinking a couple of months ago, the Everton directors weren't able to take their seats. Right. The players were getting stopped yep. on the way out. The one thing that would really help Ross Wilson and Stuart Robertson and the noise around them and, and all the negativity would be these Rangers players going out, getting a result on Saturday and winning that semi-final because on-field performance and, and results cover a million sins. Absolutely. Scott, what's going to happen Saturday? What do you reckon? <laughs> That's uh, no confidence, Scott. Come on now. <laughs> I'll go for a well-managed 2-1 win. For... For Rangers. for Rangers I'm not going to play that tell it when I'm a... no I know I know it's just uh... alright 2-1 win That's it. It's I, a, I, yeah. I think Rangers are capable of winning you yeah. know I don't think the fans have seen enough uh, in, in the performances but again I'll go back to the first one that Michael came in in, uh, in January the 2nd Rangers were 2-1 up with yeah. 3 minutes to go you know and at, at that point I thought they were good value for hanging on for the three point. And when I say hanging on, I don't mean they were absolutely hanging no. on because I couldn't see, I couldn't actually see Celtic scoring. So Celtic were below par that day. But again, Rangers got on top of them that day. Like Rangers did, even though the cup final for was a, for me was for 64 minutes was a really, really one-sided affair. Celtic had all their own game. They were 2-0 up and by the way, could have been a couple more. But when Rangers got the goal, there was a wee bit of rocker in Celtic and Rangers were pushing for that last 20 minutes uh, in that game to try and get an equaliser. So they're capable, but they need to show their best effort. Scott, thanks so much. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Other headlines today. Well, we're looking forward to all the games this weekend. It kicks off in Friday night in the Championship and it's the other Glasgow derby, Stephen. Of course, it's Partick Thistle against Queen's Park. A lot of attention on this one for Friday night and Queen's Park will want to get back on, get a win with two defeats in the last two games. Yeah, big one. Big one for Thistle as well. I think if yeah. they've got any desire in, in winning the league, it's, it's a must win for them and Queen's Park a couple of weeks ago you're thinking they're looking really strong for a finish and it just shows you how hard it is to win these leagues it sure is we're going to Cardiff Kenny a city you know what? did you enjoy your time loved down it. there yeah, yeah I loved it nice city good club I said they had a decent enough year there uh, 
made the playoffs, got beat with yeah. West Ham, had the Carling Cup final, we've already talked about you. Yeah. We had a really good group. There was a real Scottish influence to that team as well, where under Malcolm, you had big David Marshall and goal, Kevin yeah. McNaughton was there, you had Craig Conway, Don Kerry, you had myself up front. There was a real, uh, I think Paul Quinn was there at the wow. start of the time yeah. as well. There was a real Scottish influence to the team there. It was a, a good year. And young Malky as well. Yeah, um, young Malky the was there as well. Yeah, my good Malky at the, at the helm. So again, it was a good year. You know, we were unfortunate not to get promoted. Just, I mean, we came against the, against the best team in the league in West Ham uh, in the playoff semi-final and then obviously got beat with Liverpool in the Carling Cup. But good year. Let's go back on the lines. Joe is on, a Rangers fan in Cardiff, as we mentioned. Hi, Joe. Hi there, gents. Okay. Yeah, good, thank you. So is Kenny and Stephen Hi, Joe. too. Yeah, how's Cardiff today? Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's got better throughout the day, gents. To be honest, it started off pretty grim and bleak, but now it's a really nice evening. So well, it's the same here in Glasgow. Are you coming up for the game? I know, obviously, you'll not be there as a Rangers fan, but you're going to be in Glasgow. I won't be. No, not this weekend, unfortunately. But I was up uh, up at the Rangers Kilmarnock game recently, um, and also the Dundee United game, and I thought we got impressed. So yeah, I'd love to be there, but unfortunately, won't yeah. won't be able to make it. And you'll have watched Kenny a few times over the year. Yeah, actually, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to be on, knowing Kenny's on the other end uh, of the phone. But yeah, I was actually sharing with friends uh, this week that um, that I remember our uh, Premier League season when Kenny grabbed the winner away at West Ham. And that was probably one of the best away days I've had uh, away at Upton Park. So uh, yeah, Brilliant. many fond memories. Yeah, a fond memory. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was actually the first game of the championship season. That was yeah, because yeah, that was my debut that day. I'd only came in a couple of weeks, uh, and it was uh, to be fair. Robert Green threw it in. If you can remember, if you can remember a goal, a turn and hit it, and he kind of fumbled into the top corner. But it was, uh, I mean, it was a, a, one of these days when you make your debut, you get the one and goal. It was late on as well. I think it was about the eighth, eighty ninth minute. Yeah, it was well, a good win against. I said they end up yeah. beating us in the playoffs that year. So they were the best team. They just never quite got. Uh, got up automatically and we, we came up against a top team that day obviously they got promoted and again you look at them now in Europe they're a very very strong club West Ham Phenomenal mm-hmm. although a bad result last night I see David Moyes he's still got the backing uh, of the owners and we hope that continues you know a Glasgow boy we're all proud of what he's done in management but Joe more importantly for you what are you thinking what do you want to ask Stephen McGinn and Kenny Miller about the game on Saturday? Yeah, I, I, I'd just like to know where they think the game will be won and lost. Because in my view, like Rangers have lost it, mainly in the midfield area in the last, uh, well, particularly the last old firm. I thought Michael Beale got the team selection all wrong at Hamden. Even when Joe was in, we seemed to get overrun in midfield. And I just wondered if the guys agreed with, with my take on it, really, that generally when Rangers haven't performed very well recently in old firm games, it's been, it's been because we've been poor or haven't got enough of the ball in midfield. Stephen, what, what do you feel? Well, getting into the game, I think, especially first half, I think uh, Rangers are going to have to stand up to, to an onslaught at times. I think that's the way Celtic come out. Uh, but I think where Rangers can cause Celtic real problems is set pieces. I think there's a there's a size difference. Um, I think they scored the goal in the cup final from a set piece. So I think I think the, the delivery from Barisic and Tavernier is key. But I think... I, I think both teams will score in the game. I think it'll be. A, I, th- I don't think Rangers. I think a draw finishes the league. I think that's it done. So I think Rangers need to come out and try and win. And Celtic are going to play that way. So, but I think uh, for Joe's point of view, I think set pieces will be crucial. Kenny, you know, I think it's a it is a wee bit kind of cliche that when I mean, it's the engine room, you know, games can be won and lost. I think what it can give you is control. You know, I mean, games are won and lost in both boxes. That is it. It's about who takes their moments, and uh, Celtic have been 
pretty ruthless in their moments where it, in the in the particular games at Celtic Park. But what you can give us again, if Celtic get control of the game through McGregor, if Fatati's fit or O'Reilly and Moy, I think what it does, it just gives them that momentum, you know, and it gives them the control of the game and they can ask more questions of that Rangers backline. But I've said Rangers, like as much as you need to stop that, it is so important that on the ball when Rangers have got the ball, they make more of it and they don't just panic and, and, and they're giving it away, which is again just gives it back to Celtic, it gives them that rhythm. And once they get into their flow, they're a really, really dangerous team. So but Rangers have got good players, you know, really, really good players as well. Whether it's Cantwell, Raskin, Jacks, Lundstrom's, Tillman's. Mm. Again, you're not even talking about guys like Kaji and Arfield. Mm. are not even mentioned in the team selection now, and these guys are really, really good players. So there's, uh, like I said, there's two good teams going with, with two good squads within it. You just want to see a, a really, really good game. So Rangers, you feel Kenny better now than they were earlier in the season? Stronger? I think the yeah. I think where they're at now is so when Michael came in, they had what four or five games going into that last old mm. firm. They have they have got better. Yep. They, they've had a, a it's had a real impact on the team and and the players within the team as well. I think the individuals within it. Are are, are, are happy that he's there they're, they're enjoying working with him again and I think you've seen a real upturn in the in the individual's performance also within that team performance the, the, like the end product that Michael's looking for you're never going to get perfection you're never going to get there but you can always strive for it I think you've seen flashes in Michael's time again you go to Tynecastle you look at Easter, yeah. Easter Road they were absolutely sensational I was at the next game it was a cup game it was a Wraith I think and uh, and, it, and it was just it was flat. It was turgid, you know, wasn't it? It, it yeah. was flat, you know. And I think you've seen in the first halves against Motherwell and Dundee United in the last couple of games, one before the uh, international bait and one after, that the first halves there was a lot of control and a lot of possession, but it was quite slow. Second half's a lot better. I just felt in that moment they were, they were playing quicker, they were getting the ball forward through through the pressure a lot quicker, and they were asking a lot more questions of the, of the back lines in those games. And you know what? When they get the ball, they need to do that again against Celtic. Joe, do you think your team is stronger now? than it was this time last year with Aribo, Bassi, etc. No, I don't, I don't think so in all honesty. I was really happy to see Raskin and Cantwell come in, yeah. but I don't think we've been replaced Calvin Bassi, and I know he was fantastic, especially at the point at which we sold him off for that. Um, and I do think that we miss Joe Aribo still, because he could cover a number of positions, and I think Cantwell will get there. But it's such a shame knowing that, obviously, he left for bigger and better things in the Premier League, and he's not really getting much game time, uh, but he could he could kind of win a game on his own really for us. Whether it would be um, Livingston away, whether he'd pop up in an old firm game, you know, with a with a number of chances created. But I think it's, it's we're still we're still rebuilding, especially under Michael Beale, not just the philosophy, um, but he's only had handled the transfer window. So hopefully now another summer, um, another summer under his belt. They have a proper look at the transfer market. We've got to expect some lads to be leaving as well. Yeah. So I'd be interested to see how we replace guys like Morelos, especially when the messages are coming out of the club and also he's being linked with, uh, I think it was this week, with signing for Crystal Palace. We know the Ryan Kent yeah. situation as well. Hellander, Ryan Jack, Arfield. So if, if we are going to see these boys go, then we've got to have a plan to, to, to replace them. But if I'm honest, I, I don't think we've been as good... This year as we were last year, and I think that kind of that showed really as well, especially in the first half of the season. But I think Michael Beale is the right man to take us forward, um, and hopefully now we can strengthen properly and robustly in, in the summer, and we can go again and, and hopefully go up 56 next season. Stephen, the manager hasn't done much wrong, has he? Apart from the lineup against Celtic, and people feel Raskin at least should have played, but but he didn't. Um, what do you feel about Michael Beale? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to, to argue other than the cup final. He's he's not put a foot wrong. The 
the game at Ibrox was was a strange game. The first twenty five minutes, Celtic were in so much control, and it, it was a pendulum that totally swung until about seventy five minutes. And Rangers sat off the two one. It looked like they, they were going to stre- uh, stretch the lead, and they sat off, and Celtic got their goal. Um, I probably agree. I thought Rangers finished the se- season last year so strong. I mean, some of their European victories. I thought they were good at Hamden. I thought they won each game at Celtic Park. Uh, they came on really strong in that game, second half. But I've, I've not seen. I mean, Raskin. I've heard a lot of good things. I've not been. I've not been on TV a lot recently. I've yeah, not seen. Sure. I've not seen a lot of them. But I'm expecting he, him to play. I'm expecting big things from what I've heard of him. Um, I'm expecting. I mean. If Rangers are going to have control in this game, he's going to have a big part to play in it. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I think Rangers have a big summer ahead. I think Celtic might lose one or two in terms of interest from elsewhere. But I'm a, there's a plan. Rangers have got so much work to do in the summer. Celtic welcome that, don't they? Almost, Kenny, you're the only one in here, and including Joe, who's played in this game. What effect will it have? No Rangers fans there. Will it have any once the game started, or what do you feel? You know, again, I think it, it does matter how the game starts off and 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 what kind of what kind of like foot kind of footing you get in the game. If you can start to get into your rhythm, like Rangers, and you can again because Celtic are going to start fast, like you know that. But you can also counter it by when you, by you starting fast, you know, and making the most of it because you're going to have the ball. You know, it's it's up to you what you do with it. And when you've not got the ball, I think Michael. Had a, he'd done a he done a presentation on our pro license and, and he talks about a kind of a control and, and, and owning the pitch without with or without the ball. So even when, and I know he spoke a lot about his off the ball stuff of late, you know, and how well his team's pressed and the energy they've showed and and the discipline within it. So listen, it's all going to have to come together in possession, out of possession. It's all connected. It's going to have to come together to go and get a positive result at Celtic Park. There's no doubt about it. But the fans, I've said it. I'm going to say it again. It becomes a really really good energy with the passion between the fans, and I think they've got a big a big part to play in why this fixture's so big the rivalry the passion the energy and it, it does feed onto the, onto, the, onto the team you know it feeds onto that pitch and even if things are not going so well with the backing of your, your fans or that small group of fans that are there in the, in the away stadium it can help you know they can bring you on and they can give you a, they can definitely give an energy to it so like I said I don't think it enhances the fixture that's for sure does it diminish it? I wouldn't say so, but it just for me, it just takes an edge off the actual atmosphere within the stadium. And of course, this time, uniquely, there'll be no Rangers fans there and it'll be the same at Ibrox uh, next month. Joe, before we go to the news, what's your, all the way from Cardiff, what's your scoreline? What's going to happen Saturday lunchtime? Saturday lunchtime. I think it, I think it will be a uh, score draw, gents, to be honest. I'd right. love to say mm-hmm. that. I think we'll turn them over. But I can see us, I can, I can see us starting brightly. Uh, I think Rangers will start brightly, start on the front foot. <clears throat> I can see us going a goal ahead. I think I agree with Stephen actually. I think we may go ahead from a set piece, but I, I, I can't, I can't see Celtic not scoring at home. But we have improved lately, and I think we are going into the game in good form. So, score draw, but I'd love to say we'd win. But I think that's a realistic, uh, that's a realistic prediction in my mind, anyway. Joe. Good call. Thanks very much. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! 
There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Hour two, and I think I'm on my own because Kenny Miller and Stephen McGinn have been chatting tactics during the news. It's absolutely brilliant and about how you create space, how you exploit it, and then how the, the defender would have to chase you. So the two of them were heading for the car park there. <laughs> Kenny Miller, aged what, Kenny? 30, 43. 43? Never. And young John, uh, Stephen as well. It was big John Hartson the other night. Uh, Stephen, aged 32 Four. or whatever. Four. Yep. Who do you fancy in a, a chase? Kenny. Uh, Kenny. <laughs> you know, if the hamstrings and the calf's held up, I think I'd still yeah, do them. Yeah. I think so, yeah. You still train? Yeah. I still, still do a bit in the gym. Uh-huh. You try, and keep, uh, try and keep healthy and active, yeah. Were you ever at Falkirk last year tempted to play, come back for a couple of games? You or? know, I said I would have loved to. I would have absolutely loved to. But uh, I tried to get myself involved in the training as much as I can when you're working at the sessions and things. And I did. Because when you're at the kind of maybe numbers are a bit down, there's always a way you can kind of fall. And particularly in this maybe sessions when it's like top up days and things where you maybe need an extra body. Yeah. So I still enjoyed that as, as limited as it was. Looking forward to the weekend kicking off Friday night. Queen's Park are at Partick Thistle and then Saturday 12.30 kick-off we're on air here in Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors Barry Ferguson and John Hartson for Celtic against Rangers is it finally if Celtic win or even a draw is it over Kenny would you then say if it's a draw which is what uh, Joe said before the Rangers fan said a draw what would you say you know I think it would be yeah because I think I think even with a Rangers win all it does is just pose a question okay. it poses a question if they can if they can deal with a wee defeat after an incredible run uh, without one and it just ask that question a little bit but I still Celtic would be massive favourites even if Rangers win we're going to hear from Callum McGregor in a few moments he's been in front of the media and Stephen you two met up last week at Scotland was that the Spain game or Cyprus? oh yeah just uh, yeah. bumped into each other and um, it was a good distraction from what was not a, a brilliant game it was I because it was the it was the, it was the Cyprus, Cyprus game, game. So it was, yeah. uh, his brother had already just put us in the lead but it wasn't yeah. late till we had actually got the uh, got the yeah. last couple of goals so it was a wee bit and, slow and, and kind of a bit boring but I picked up towards the end with the, last, with the, with the two McTominay goals and by the way forget like, oh, the next three Spain. four days later Spain was absolutely sensational how chuffed were you wasn't that amazing oh, you know it was yeah. incredible uh, and deserved you know, yeah, it wasn't sure. a, a hang-on performance no. where we were put under so so much pressure. I mean, it was one of the few games against like the like the superpowers that actually felt really comfortable. You know, and and it makes it even better with all the noise that came out after it about this and yeah. time wasting and that. That's the other thing, yeah. which was just a <laughs> nonsense. They were well beat. Spain were well beat on the night, and if anything, Scotland were looking really dangerous on the counters to maybe go and get three. And his brother John is chasing you now in the goal chart. Isn't that amazing? He's got 16 goals. Yeah, You've well, got how many are you? 18, yeah. 18, yeah. yeah. Listen, he's not going to just pass me. He's going to pass the next couple sure. on that list. There's no doubt about it. And can he, can he make the all-time top of this? And I think he can. But it's going to be a big ask, that's for sure, because 
he seems to think the good thing about John and I think the way they're playing at the moment it, it really really suits him the way that the team plays the way he's getting deployed in that kind of more advanced role I think it really really suits and that's what it's not just him it suits the way they play and how Steve's kind of put them together it suits the players and it's that's the thing in management you're trying to get your best players in areas of the pitch where they can be their most effective and I think the, that John really really suits the way that we're playing the one he always gets a chance yeah. you know he always gets a chance and he will go his games without goals but he's got that kind of knack of finding himself in the right position and more often than not at the moment he's been putting them away you can tell he's loving life under Unai Emery who's playing oh, on that, flying, that further forward it's good isn't it and and back at club level Stephen are you feeling it do people come back talk about Scotland the two wins not least yeah, there was Beating a buzz. Spain, I mean, yeah. there was a buzz, and it was what Kenny said. It was it was the way we did it. It wasn't yeah. like yeah. Um, we're hanging in for dear life. And Spain had thirty five shots, and like it was with France, by the way, where it was a France uh, yeah, one not. Sure. It was incredible. Gordy was patting everything off everywhere, and you're needing <laughs> Trezeguet and think there's yeah. sky things over the over the goal. Let's hear from Callan McGregor, of course, who played such a big part with Scotland. But it's all about Celtic against Rangers for him. He's looking to lead Celtic to another title. And if they win on Saturday, they would be, well, that would be it, wouldn't it? Let's hear from the Celtic skipper about what a win would mean on Saturday. It certainly strengthens um, our position. You know, we're sort of running out of games now, obviously. Our focus is, is, as always, to try and play our best game of the season when it comes next. And... And this one is, is on Saturday, so we'll be trying to do the absolute maximum to win the game. And if we do, then of course we understand what the, the consequence of that is. Um, it puts us another win closer to where we want to be. Um, so for us, that's the full focus. Um, and, and like you said, after the game, we'll see where we are. It's judgment day, isn't it, for uh, the game, even a draw. As you mentioned, Celtic would then be uh, nine points in it. I just, if you think of the draw and if Rangers win that game at Ibrox, it's yeah. still six. Sure. I mean, Celtic, this Celtic team haven't looked like dropping many no. points this season. So who's who's the two teams who beat them? And even then, it still comes down to goal difference. So I think it's a must win for Rangers. He was asked about no fans. It's all Celtic fans at Parkhead on Saturday. I think it can a little bit. Um, you know, I think I've spoken about this before. You know, I think hopefully as a spectacle, we can sort of get it back to, you know, where it was maybe a few years ago where... There was bigger crowds in the stadium. I think it just adds a little bit of something different. So, of course, we have to accept it for the time being. Um, and, you know, my thought is that hopefully we can get back to, you know, having the, the bigger allocation what we've had a few years ago. And Stephen, that's good. That's strong. That's the Celtic captain saying he prefers there being an allocation for the opposition fans. Yeah, well, I'm playing in a, a game on Saturday when our rival fans will come and goad us mm. for their position in the league. Um and I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. It would lessen the fixture if, if that was just the Falkirk fans at the game. It's, it's a big part of the game. Uh, even going back years, you think about this game this weekend, if you're going to the game, you're sitting at the game, the spells of Celtic will go down for their warm-up into a corner, a big celebration. Rangers will go for their sprints just before they get into the dressing room for the last team talking. There'll be a roar from the Rangers end. It just all adds to the theatre and the buzz of and the excitement building and getting into what should be the, the a world-famous game, but it is diminishing it. I think, in my opinion, and the colour as well. You know, for the Every, TV, everyth people everything all over the world. It, yeah, exactly. apart from I mean, apart from what you hear the last few games yeah. with the limited about the objects getting thrown. Yeah, that that's sure. no good. That the safety first needs to come into it, but the 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 big allocations. I mean, it just totally makes it. Peter Grant there last night was saying when he was playing, it was bigger crowds. You know, the stadium was bigger, both of them, and there were eighteen thousand Rangers fans at Celtic Park, Kenny, and that's uh, the atmosphere. Then would be off the scale. 
it would and I think it's quite powerful when you've got the Celtic captain coming out and saying words mm-hmm. to that oak because it's a it's sometimes you have to toe the party line and you go along with the clubs and I, and, and I get it but it would be great if the clubs could get together and actually do exactly what Callum said they're kind of come up with this some kind of solution to get that that allocation back in, in both stadiums because it's not just about one or the other no. in both stadiums because like Steen says it all plays part of the fixture we don't know for sure but we'd love hopefully the Rangers directors will decide to make a change for next year we don't know I don't think anything's been said from Celtic but the word has been that they might move for next year um, but they would we don't know but hopefully we talked about it so much earlier in the week so many uh, Go Radio listeners were on saying please let's get let's get into the game people all over the world talk about it Barry says it's the best derby in the world why would you not have uh, the opposition fans there it just doesn't make sense Back to the game itself, um, the Celtic captain was asked, what about the Rangers captain and the respect that he has for him? Yeah, of course, you know, he's done great as well. You know, he's the, he's the captain of a big side, a big club as well. So, you know, you understand the, the responsibility that goes with that. And and uh, just for me and that side as well, what, what you need to give in your personal life to, to be able to do the job properly. So, you know, of course, there's a, there's a mutual respect there. But, you know, of course, both of us are, are doing everything they can to make a club successful and... And when we, we cross that white line onto the pitch, then you know you, you you want to give everything that you can to like like I said, make your club successful. Kenny, good to hear. Hey, listen, I think yeah. he's uh, since he stepped into the role as mm. a Celtic captain, he's just taken it in stride. His performances have stayed. Again, he's a player that he doesn't go under the radar because he's he's, he's for me he's, he's still probably the most influential player in the Celtic team. That's for sure. Uh, so, he, but it's just I think with the guys that get the headlines, the goal scorers, the, uh, the jotters, and again coming in when you're a foreigner as well, you seem to get kind of <laughs> more yeah. praise than, than the, the wee Scottish guy who's just there every single week giving you eight, eight and a half out of ten. But uh, he's he's taken on that responsibility. He alludes to it there as a responsibility, you know, not just on that field and not just the day to day standards that you need to be setting. It's a way in your, in your personal life as well. It's a massive responsibility to be the captain of these these two teams, and he's uh, he's taken it stride, and he always seems to say the right thing as well. Like I said. Even, even down to the ticket into this game it's a, it's a powerful message when he's actually coming out and saying that because sometimes you actually have to go with what the powers that be decide you know but it's uh, aye, he's, uh, he's stepped into that role great and again he will be one of the main players in this game on Saturday because he's the conductor of the Celtic Orchestra he is indeed and he'll be hoping to be in his usual role we'll, but we'll find out if Hatati is there in front of him two things on that for both of you I would say Conor Goldson in the press today in that interview it's an excellent interview but he says you know would it be a Rangers legend I need to win more more trophies and it would be the same story wouldn't it for James Tavernier as well he's been a really good servant for Rangers he's in the Hall of Fame at Ibrox but um, what does he need to do to be a Rangers great for the Rangers skipper. Exactly, exactly what, what Connors just says. You need to put more trophies and titles because, again, I'm, I'm not, any, when I go look at England, like Leicester won that Premier League, you know, like, and it was yeah. an incredible season that they had and some wonderful players within it. it. It just seems to feel, and I've said it before, that, and I can Connors saying it again, once you win 55, there was like a, well, that's it, mm-hmm. it's been done. Well, and in, in, in the actual number it says it's one of 55 there was huge significance on it and a lot of pressure on that team to do what they did that year and win the title and stop Celtic for getting 10 in a row and they'll always be remembered for that they will always be remembered but that's not the end game you know and he's even saying there they, need, they thought they could have kicked on and everything that was going on across the city what a chance when you've got the foot on somebody's throat you know you don't let them you don't let them up and Connor's alluding to that he knows the answer for James Tavernier, for Conor Goldson, for any other player in that time, again, outside probably Steve Davis and, and Alan McGregor, 
to be considered and to be talked in that kind of regard, you need to be putting more trophies on the board. And it's not just about that one, you know, and the job's done. It's, you know, it's even you've done it. You've been there and done it. It's a relief. You put it down and next season you're moving on to the next one. You need to go do it. And I was fortunate enough that we played some real good players over that kind of 2008 to 11 spell that we went and put that kind of run in. Yeah. One was done, then it was the next one. Then it was the next one. And that's the mindset you need to have to represent both of these clubs. And that's what winners do, isn't and it? And that's what Celtic are doing yeah. at the moment. And that's the thing. And Rangers need to try and yeah. find that way to overcome it. It was never in the script of Stephen, was it, that Celtic would lose in that season because Celtic had been so far ahead nine in a row four trebles isn't it it was yeah, four, I think four, people you know when you look back in years to come Kenny and Stephen four trebles in a row and it wasn't supposed to happen but Celtic took their eye off the ball or whatever and I know the Covid year didn't help and then Rangers won the league by 25 points but as Kenny said it's Conor Goldson says why didn't they kick on from there now I know the record books will show they got to the European final and they were just that kick away from uh, winning it but in the league it's strange isn't it with football you never know what's going to happen no but it is an, it's an interesting insight from yeah. Kenny when he's thinking like they have reached that target and there was a significant celebrations across the city uh, half of the city about reaching that landmark and stopping Celtic doing the 10 in a row but did they drop off I'm, I'm sure within the walls you'll say this is a start and we, but did they without meaning it I mean going through it this, a minute with, with Falkirk we got to the semi-final and we haven't scored a goal in the league we've not, looked, not scored all season all of a sudden we can't score was there a drop off in terms of within the club instead of that old mentality that Kenny refers to when you just say right next one next one yeah. I, I, I was part of a team I left in the January it lost a, a cup final to with nine men to Kenny when Kenny scored the goal and there was probably that mentality at the time that even with nine men they could dig out a result um, and that's what Conor Goldson's probably alluding to they need that but that's just expected of them they deliver tri- trophies The other thing on Callum McGregor there was an excellent article I think it was the Sunday Times um, and it was about where he is at Celtic and Scotland and they were saying just what a great player he is and what he's been for Celtic and it they seem to know the wages of the top players and they mentioned the Armstrongs and the Christies and all that all on maybe 10, 20, 30 more than him and then you go to the McGinn's and then the Robertsons and all the rest of it and there was a time Brendan Rodgers wanted him to go to Leicester now no Celtic fan would want to hear this and we're not trying to get him to go down south but do you feel in some ways when you see the difference in the money I mean 30 grand a week most of us could never ever dream of the working man and woman in Scotland probably earns that in a year but it is remarkable wonder why he has uh, stayed at Celtic and his commitment to that football club well there's a, there's a few things to it yeah there's no doubt he could have went down and played in probably most teams in England yeah. in the Premier League there's no doubt about it if you dropped him into any team there's, he wouldn't look out of place that, that's, that's a fact but what he's also got is it's not as if he's going to be struggling uh, sure, like to sure. have a nice life yeah. after football when he's earning the kind of money and he's getting the contract and by the way deservedly so yeah. deservedly so so let's put that out there as well but what drives him you know this is the thing and this is maybe what sets him apart for some other players it's what drives him and for me it'll be the success it'll be the trophies it'll be the, the, the prestige you represent in the club it'll now be wearing the armband mm-hmm. and lifting these trophies because he's lifted numerous trophies over the years as a, as a Celtic player he's now lifting trophies as a Celtic captain and you know I'm sure he takes and him and his family and anybody that knows him will have huge pride in watching him going up to collect the league trophy at the end of the season because they're all going to win it and already collecting the league cup you know so it's, it's what drives the individual you know because yeah he could have went down to England 
by the way, I'm, I'm sure he probably could have went to other leagues in Europe as well at some yeah. stage. Mm. But he's uh, he's decided to stay, and probably now I think he'll he'll probably see his career out in England, unless he maybe wants to try something different at the end of his career, maybe a, a, a stateside or, yeah. or something like that. But he's going to stay on for the uh, for probably the best, well, the best years of his career mm. as the Celtic captain and looking to win trophies, and that clearly is what's driving him. That's a really good insight. Did you ever trade money for going back and playing for Rangers? You could have earned more yeah, elsewhere. It's like there's there's a few things. It's it's not about like for me. I never made decision based on that. The opportunities that were there, and there was a number of situations. Uh, but again, coming back, I'm coming out with a, a big contract in the MLS to come back to yeah. Rangers. You know, so it was at a different stage of my life also yeah. you know but I, I have been driven by that by the one again I talked about why Celtic was I could have stayed in England I could have went and stayed in the Premier League uh, but I, I went to Celtic so I could play in the Champions yeah. League and I could hopefully win trophies you come back to Rangers it's the same there was opportunities to stay in the Premier League but no no I wanted to go back to Rangers so again not so much in the money there's no talk about the amount of money that sure. these guys are but yeah. What's what drives them, you know, and I think that's what sets them apart uh, as such a top, top player, but also representing that club. And they absolutely did say that, that he could play in Europe and wouldn't look out of place. Is Stephen, final point on it? Is, um... Just the argument going back, could he play in the Premier League in England comfortably? I yeah. mean, you look at, I always refer back to it, Bella Gilmore was rightly praised for his performance at Wembley uh, that night. Um, the England team that were a penalty shootout away from winning the Euros, yeah. I thought Callum McGregor was when he's career performances I thought he was outstanding didn't give the ball away the whole game and so comfortable in the, in the surroundings and see the thing for me as well Celtic make five subs every week and some people come off at 60 minutes and Callum McGregor never comes off and goes again on the Tuesday another 7 or 8 out of 10 Saturday or Sunday again goes and delivers a performance 95 minutes week in week out three times a week and, it's, and, that, and that's that's the thing when you talk about who's going to be up for the player of the year listen you could probably name the shortlist now you know yeah. Kyogo will be on the list Hitati will be on the list there will be the, the other there'll be one other player out with Celtic yeah. probably that will be on the list but he's got to be on it and it's and it's for that reason because Ange Postacoglu it's not just because he's the captain he's just come on the TV you know it's worse we're talking about and it's not just yeah. because he's the Celtic captain yeah. it's because he's the most influential player that they've got that is that is that is it, and I, I believe that Kyogo, fantastic player, would Celtic be different without him? Yes, they would. Jota, as much as he's not been quite at the top of his game, I think for a number of weeks, by the way, he's still a really really good player. Hatati set the place alight, but Cal McGregor does that every single week, and he has done for years. He's on TV as we say. He's on Go Radio as well, saying they're always looking to improve. Uh, yeah, we're always looking to to get better. Um, you know, like you said, the the. First half was, you know, really dominant, really good in terms of how we kept the ball, how we kept pressure on, um, and that attacking half of the pitch as well. You know, the the passing sequences were really good. The counter press was really good. Um, obviously, second half we had to show something a little bit different. So, if we can try and, you know, second half, you know, emulate the performance that we had in the first half, then of course that's what we're always looking for. We're always looking for the sort of perfect game if if that exists. Um, and I'm sure the manager will, will push us to the absolute limit on that as well. And I see today he's been promoting uh, the support for Dementia Charity. And we just see him on Sky there with uh, Liz, Liz McNeil, uh, the, the great, the wife, the, the widow of uh, the, great, the late, great Billy McNeil there. So football doing so much to help though, isn't it? And, these, and that's a, a huge issue. But yep, Callum McGregor, we'll hear a bit more from him after the break. We're with Kenny Miller and Stephen McGinn. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Getting up for the weekend where Celtic play Rangers, as you know, 12.30 
on Saturday. And then we're on air from 12 with Barry Ferguson and John Hartson. Then at three in the afternoon, Aberdeen against Kilmarnock, rejuvenated Aberdeen under Barry Robson, Hearts against St Mirren, Motherwell against Livingston and St Johnson, Ross County. And then Sunday at 12 noon, it's Dundee United against Hib. Stephen McGinn is in the big derby, the Central Scotland derby on Saturday, three o'clock for Falkirk against Dunfermline. How are you feeling for the game? I look forward to it. As I said, we've not um, performed exactly how we want to in the, the three games previous. So we want to put that right on Saturday in front of our fans. And whilst we not, might not end up where we want to be, where we wanted to finish in the league, we want to, to win the last derby and, and look forward. We're heading for the splits just a couple of weeks away, Kenny. And there's still a few chasing the top six. And at the bottom, we still... I don't know who is going to go down and that's a good thing because the you know the, the league is still very much going near the top Barry Robson somebody you know really well what a job he's done at, at Petaudry brilliant I mean he's done a fantastic job it's uh, good to see him get the opportunity at mm. least between now and the end of the season to go put his, his best case forward to actually get the job on a more permanent basis but he's put himself in a wonderful position and I know I've listened to quite a bit of his uh, pre-match and post-match stuff and he is uh, he's one game at a time you know he'll be he'll be firmly focused on this game at the weekend now what's went gone be, I know his mentality has passed now like, there's nothing we can do it's great I think it's four games in a row that they've won uh, in the league and he's, he's look, he'll be looking to go five, six and seven I know that's the way he's built so he's done great and it would be great to see him really get that that job and I, I think I, I probably thought we would have got fourth but I think with the result against Hearts a couple of weeks back and then with how results have actually went with Hearts kind of toiling it they've actually put themselves in a position where they can go and, and push for third and if he was to get third or fourth for where Aberdeen were last season uh, and where they were looking at struggling again mm. for the most of this season and floating about the like the, the fringes of that mm. top six then it, it, I think it'd be tough and really harsh not to give him it but uh, it shows the the kind of positive influence that he's had mm. he's been in the club a while now yeah. you know he's been coaching for a while he knows the building he knows the players he knows probably how to get the like, the most out of them so it's great to see delighted for him and Derek McInnes showed how you can do it. I mean he was a special manager at Aberdeen did you think Barry Robson, when you played alongside him, he would be a manager in a I, few years' time? I did, yeah. Did I think, yeah. well, I, I knew he wanted to be. Yeah. And there's guys that have got like these kind of certain qualities that maybe, well, I think would, would yeah. lead to a, a, a good manager. And he served his apprenticeship, Paul. You know, it's I not as if he just jumped straight in there. Yeah. Whereas he, he probably would have had the opportunity been there. But he served his time, you know, and he's, he's got a good feel for the club. I think I, I hear he's, he's pretty well respected in the job that he's done for the last number of years at Aberdeen and he's now stepped into the big uh, the big show well again I've said it before I think he made a really really clever appointment in Steve Agnew bringing him alongside yeah. him because he's an experienced coach at the top top level uh, and I think for, for a young manager that is it's, it's something that you probably need not everybody needs it by yeah. the way but I felt it was a really clever decision for him were you two talking tactics a lot as well because you know you love the game you coach in the game you'll be back in the game could you see both of you Oh, listen again. I, I know where I where I want to be, yeah. and I know what I, I hope for for myself. But it was the same for Barry. You know, we would be sitting yeah. up after games. You you would be talking. I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago when he when he had uh, just got the job, and and but again, the conversations go the same yeah. way. You know, you start talking about games and how you can do this and how you can do that. So he's a real football guy. I said, delighted to see him get an opportunity. Stephen, do you fancy it in a few years' time when you hang up the boots? I know I ask you every so often. I haven't asked you for six or seven months. Would you fancy management? Yeah, I mean, definitely consider it. I, I, I love the game. I love being in it. I love. I can't imagine life yeah. without it. So, um, as part of that, I mean, spent uh, in the, the COVID season, obviously, I did 
doing a bit of coaching with Jack Ross at Hibs and loved that, loved the, loved the Saturdays, loved the big pressure um, games and trying to achieve something and picking teams and, and worrying about other teams and everything that comes with it. So yeah, I'd love to love to be involved at some point. Well, you're steeped in it, aren't you? From you know your granddad when he was... Did he take you to the game sometimes when he was a chairman of Celtic? Yeah, right from a very young age, I went to them all, yeah, but... What was your first game? Do you remember? I think I think when Celtic unfurled the flag, I went as a baby in whatever the 80, right. 89 season. I think okay, that's yeah. officially my first game. Right. Yeah. Um, was... But I mean, I can't actually picture my first game. I actually remember because it became such a thing. I mean, obviously we got we had a few comps at the time, so sure, indeed, uh, yeah, yeah. It just went from such a, a young age. Well, it was just after the double season, we, and we just mentioned uh, Billy McNeil and uh, Rangers came back the next season and won the league. But that was uh, so you were just a baby at that time. It's a great game, isn't it? There's nothing like it. And, and you know, Paul, that's the thing when you're a, a player like. There is nothing it can replace, you know, having yeah. the boots back on. And when you're, when you are like obsessed with it, and you're, mm. you're so that's you've been your life. It's been your life, you know. I mean, for me, it was, it was twenty four year career. Like for sixteen leaving school to playing till forty, and then going straight into coaching. Like it's been twenty twenty seven years. It's been part of it's part of your life, you know, a big big part of your life. So, the the, the next best thing has been a coach or being a manager. And you know, it's a different buzz, you know, when you're working super hard through the week to again. I love watching the opposition. How can we get the better of them? And then how does our players fit into how we can how we can go and hurt them? How we can stop them? Though it's, it's the best thing. I and mean, when you see that come to fruition on a did, Saturday, did, it's great. Did you think it was a better buzz? As a coach or a manager, and you win. You know, it's probably not. I think you can maybe take a bit of satisfaction out because uh, you've had your again, particularly if your team does what what what, the, what you want, and then they, and then they go and put a performance on that you've you've worked and you've 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 kind of as a as a as a coaching team and as and as a team and a group as a footballing group you go and put it to into plan and it works. You know, but as a, nothing replaces being a player. You know, scoring that goal. You know, see when you actually think, I'll never play football again. It's like oh, you're like well, well, I mean, yeah. what's going on? I need yeah. to play another year. You yeah. know, so that's why I actually say you play as long as you can yeah. as long as your body's willing and you're still able to do the job to a level that, that, that you want and, you, and you've been accustomed to then you will play as long as you can because there's, you've got another 40 years to be a coach or a manager after it if you're lucky enough you hear that Stephen McGinn you're only 34 you know which these days it's not I mean it depends everybody's different but if you can stay fit you know, that, you know that's it I mean injuries do play a sure. part because they do take their toe they can take an edge off you or it might you might be feeling the wee aches and pains a wee bit earlier than what some do again I was I was fortunate I never had any major major injuries and, and again you, you're able to kick on and, and still play I was playing yeah. I think it was 40 just after the 40th birthday that I chucked it fantastic if you want to speak to Kenny Miller or Stephen McGinn Good time to call, 0808 17 17 700. It's Callum McGregor. We haven't heard from the managers for a few days, so tomorrow night we will hear from Michael Beale and from Ange Postacoglu. We've been hearing this afternoon from Callum McGregor and he was looking back at, at previous games with Rangers this season. The game at home at Ibrox was, was a tough game. It's always a tough game. I thought we started the game really, really well. Of course, they're always going to have a spell in the game. That's, that's football and, and when you play against a good opponent, then they'll have a spell in the game. I think what was excellent about us that day is we found a way back into the game um, to, to get the 2-2. And then the semi-final, I thought, first half, we were excellent. Second half, again, they come back into the game. So, you know, we expect similar. Um, at the weekend, they're a good side with decent pedigree in the last couple of seasons. So we have to respect that, of course. Um, but, you know, from our perspective, I think we have to approach the game the way that we want to play. Because they never change, do they? Celtic don't. 
Kyogo, outstanding. You mentioned him just before the break. 26 goals in all competitions so far this year and the manager's been paying tribute to the Japanese striker. Yeah, he's always so important for us. Um, you know, he plays a really vital role in the team in terms of being the, the central striker to be in the box and, and finish off the chances that we get. Um, like you said, always good for him to get his first sort of derby goal and then backs it up in the in the cup final. So he'll be feeling good about himself. Um as is everyone else, to be honest, we're in a good place. So, you know, come Saturday, we've done the preparation and, and we have to be ready to show up and put on a performance. From Callum, let's go to Sean, a Celtic fan on the line. Good evening, Sean. Good evening, guys. How are we doing? Hi, Sean. Yeah. Hi, Sean. They're pretty good. How are you pretty feeling? Good. I'm good. Feeling good, feeling positive and looking forward to the weekend. Looking forward to hopefully a, a convincing winner, even just any old win will do me lovely. Any old win. What do you want to say about Kyogo, given that Callum McGregor was speaking about him there? Uh, what what thoughts have you got about the striker? Oh, he's, he's brilliant, but he's he's brilliant in one sense and then he's so frustrating other times. There's so many chances that he, he's missed. That one in particular at the weekend, the other at Ross County. He's through, he's got the whole goals and he put it by the boss, but... See if he's clinical at the weekend, all's forgiven. That, that's when it matters. Kenny, how does that happen? And it's dead easy when you're watching it for on the telly, but as a striker? You know, the best the best players in the world miss, yeah. miss chance. Yeah. You look at the, the two the, two of the greatest I've ever played, Ronaldo and Messi. I mean, they, you watch them, they'll miss opportunities. Uh, strikers, they're always going to... I mean, they have to keep putting themselves up, you know, to, to, to miss, you know. I mean, like Super Ali would always say, if you get them three good chances, he'll, he'll give you one, you know. I mean, it might turn out to be three one day. It might take eight chances to get a goal another week. But, is, uh, I mean, Kyogo, I mean, the one thing I'd say about it, again, being the kind of player that, that, that I was, that he needs service, you know. Kyogo's no, no the player that's going to take the ball and go beat players and things. He's got incredible movement. Andrew's talked a bit about that in the last month and how he maybe feels the players maybe need to try and serve him maybe a bit earlier and maybe a bit more. But what he is, he's perpetual movement he's always always a threat you know it's not just one movement or two sometimes it's fours and fives and he's a constant threat and when you've got the guys that we've mentioned your Hattatis your O'Reilly's your Moyes your Jotas your Maeda's your Abadas your McGregor's all pulling the strings to go and serve them and provide them with opportunities he is going to put them away more often than not and you like you, you say I mean I, I watched the game last week and it was a chance to think oh there you go it's 2-0 and it could have been a big chance you know it could have been a big one because you just never know when Ross County could have nicked a goal for a, a mistake or a set play and it could have been points dropped so it was a big chance obviously they went on to win and they got the later goal which sealed the win but it was a big chance but uh, it wasn't costly you know mm-hmm. that's it so like Sean saying that he'll be all forgiven if he can go and get a goal or two at the weekend and Stephen how do you defend against him he is so difficult to pinpoint he turns, he turns up everywhere Kyogo yeah and I think especially the, I mean his two cup final goals are, are the goals you, yeah. you'd associate with Ange Postacoglu and, and the style and, and Kyogo just fits it like a glove in that way you're always threatening him behind he's almost waiting offside for that that ball squared across last week I, I agree with Sean he, he was a bit under par but it was maybe his first under par performance in months um, he does miss chances he does it's but he gets lots of chances I mean, even in the cup final I, th- I think he had probably had as many touch uh, chances he did touches he's just that type of striker he's always in that position and he'll just be back for more um, obviously Big O who came on in the game had a positive impact and I think that was a big positive from last week in terms of what they lost with Jack and Marcus and the strength and power of, of O coming on Sean are you what are you thinking about Hitati, Greg Taylor and they've not been spotted in the video but I, I mean we've not heard anything yet so what, what, I've not heard anything yeah. I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to have the old saying that no news is good news I hope there's going to be a, 
a late curveball and the two of them are going to be starting. But it's it's a tricky one because you could arguably say that the two of them have been Celtic's two best players of the season. So to have the two of them missing is a huge blow. It's a very, very huge blow. But I think, I, I'm actually thinking that the Greg Taylor one is more of a blow than the Hattati one because I think the thought of Burnaby playing is it's given me the fear quite a bit, to say the least. I think I know he scored a cracking goal at the weekend, yeah. but I think I think he's very raw, and I know that that down that one side you've either got Sakala running at him or you've got Tavernier overlapping. I think it's, it's it, it, would, it would be a good watch for me, oh. but I think I think Greg Taylor's massive. The link up with Maida down that one side, I think going forward and defensively, I think the composure he brings to the back four, I think he's equally as massive as. Attack, if not even more. Right, there's lots of speculation about it. Now, this is Sunday afternoon, but Ange Postacoglu, after the game, spoke about Greg Taylor briefly. Yes, or I think it's just a dead leg. I think he just took a bit of a knock and he's struggling with it, but nothing too serious. So, Stephen, speculation, but you would expect him to play. We don't know. What about Bernabe, though? He took his goal brilliantly, but that's not the point that Sean's talking about, is it? Yeah, he looks very... I mean, inconsistent, up and down, does great things like the goal at the weekend, seems quite rash at times defensively. Um, Ange didn't trust him at Ibrox in terms of we went with Juranovic on the wrong side, so I think that tells you something. I, I agree with Sean, I think Hatati, I mean, Hatati's levels have been real top draw. Um, they think he's only been playing a few years, but I think the drop off from Hatati to Yarrailis, Moyes, Turnbull, Suwata isn't as big as the drop-off from Greg Taylor and his performances this season to Burnaby. Kenny Miller, what do you feel? Yeah, listen, we talked about yeah, it earlier sure. in the show and I, I still think just the influence that Hitati yeah. has. Listen, Greg Taylor would be a loss. Again, I've said that the way, he's, the way he plays in that system now and the energy that he brings to it, he's just adapted to it so great because uh, a lot of question marks were thrown at him when uh, when they signed with that four million was reported for for Bernabe in the summer and uh, and I think if any Celtic fan would have thought right there's a position there's a position that maybe needs strengthened maybe we'd have pinpointed that but what he's done is what you need to do when you're in these clubs he's rose to the challenge of someone coming in for a lot of money that's going to try and take his shirt and he says I'm not giving my shirt up easily and he showed his games went to another level so it'll be a big loss uh, as would to that I mean again Rangers fans going into Saturday hoping like, both of them are missing because they are very influential on how Celtic play. What do you think of Haksabanovic? What do you feel about him? We mentioned him, we don't yeah. see him that much, but he's threatening to play more and more and be even more effective. He hit the ground running when he yeah. came in, you know, and he's an, another one of a number of options in those wider areas for Celtic. And he's probably unfortunate not to, not to play more because of late he came and scored two really, mm -hmm. really good goals, almost identical where he cuts in and he bends in. He had a really similar chance uh, at the weekend against Ross County and he ballooned it over the bar. You were just expecting him to slot it into that same corner. So I, I think he's, he's the impact impacted the team pretty quickly when he came in looks a good player again he's one of a number of options in those wider areas that are good options strength and depth in their squad is really really good it's going to be some game isn't it Sean we're at that moment then have you got a final point and what's your scoreline what's going to happen by 2.15 on Saturday uh, well hopefully a Celtic win I think I do think Celtic will win as much as the, the two vital players are, are doubts and Rangers have got this confidence I feel that a team that are playing attacking Celtic and it's making it a kind of basketball fair, fair plays right in the Celtic's hands. I feel as if with the crowd, there's there's not going to be a single solitary Rangers fan in the ground. I think will be a massive factor as well. I think Celtic will just edge it. 
I think we will. I think we will. It'll be a close game. I think two one. But as as Kenny was saying, I think Haksabanovic could be a massive a massive player in this game. I actually think that he could be could be a starter. I think I, I don't think he even could play in the kind of a wide role. I think he could play in the kind of number ten with mm-hmm. uh, McGregor and Moy behind him. I think that could work because I don't. I think O'Reilly this season he's 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 a shadowy player he was last season. Well, Jazz is live on the text here, and he's saying, "No, that's not going to happen." But Stephen Haksabanovic, could it be? Could it be his day? Could it be on from the start? Well, I said on Tuesday, I, I think he, I think he's knocking at the door. Yep. I think he's he keeps coming on with impressive. He brings an energy. He yep. brings a different type of wide play to Maida. Um, he's obviously got better close control than Maida. But obviously, Ange trusts Maida. I thought I thought Maida was out, outstanding in the cup final against Tavernier. But yeah, he played. He had a few games earlier in the season in a central role, and he, he played really well. And then he gets an injury. It has been that type of Celtic career for him. It's it's nearly got going. It hasn't quite. But yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if if, if he started um, the way he kind of rotates the front three. And and I do think he's knocking at the door. Kenny, if you're Leila Bada, you'll be saying, "What have I got to do to start against Rangers at home?" Yeah, I mean he's a he's another one that again he falls into the same category as Haksabanovic, like good player probably deserves to start in most teams and particularly in these games I mean he's been a big big player in the, in the old form games of late scoring a good number of goals and he's a, he's a different threat I think that's the thing that Andrew's got he's got a lot of players like Steven says and Haksabanovic is probably technically maybe the best one mm-hmm. alongside Jota in terms of playing that area could he play inside as well absolutely he could uh, Abada's direct he's pacey he's great movement he's a constant goal threat he has gave Barisic quite a tough time in some of the games as well on that right hand side again that's why for me as a as a, as a Rangers hoping Rangers can do well that, that Abada's not playing I wouldn't mind Jota on that side who hasn't been playing great of late and Maeda on the other side because what you've got is Maeda's energy and his pace and his his, uh, again, his pressing abilities are incredible but he's, he's not as technical as a Jota as a, as a Haksabanovic like I wouldn't mind playing against him uh, if I had a bit of pace like Tavernier has uh, so it'd be interesting again everybody's got their own views on it sure. obviously the only one that matters is Ange Postacoglu mm-hmm. like he says he trusts Maeda particularly in this game and it might be genuinely right down to the fact that Tavernier is one of Rangers biggest threats he's one of their biggest suppliers mm-hmm. the energy and the, and the commitment that Maeda gives to his team is maybe the reason he gets his nod in these games Sean thanks for your insight who would be your keeper of the season so far Alan McGregor I know you're a Celtic fan or Joe Hart yep. who would you go for oh. Uh, well, I think this on based on this season, I think I would probably edge it on Joe Hart, but that yeah. is that is unfair on McGregor because I think comparing the two, McGregor's got forty one now. He's, he's not the he's not the keeper that he was, but if you're saying prime McGregor over prime even Joe Hart, yeah. I'm sorry, but McGregor's streets and streets ahead of Joe Hart. Joe Hart very frustrating for me. I think point out for the back is is no really has not really suited to him he has made a good couple of saves and all credit to him but I think in the summer that could be a, a place that Celtic are looking to strengthen definitely so I think prime, prime, prime McGregor but based on this season I think Joe Hart would maybe just edge it Sean thanks for that we get some great callers here who really uh, they're honest you know they don't just go green or blue because that's their their own colour cheers Sean the Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! 
Thanks, Chris. You'll be back with us tomorrow night, keeping you up to date as you head home into the weekend. Easter weekend, of course, is going to be some Saturday for... It's Judgment Day, isn't it? In the SPFL Premiership, the Cinch Premiership this year. Um, well, Kenny Miller even has said a draw would be enough to make sure. And even if it, if Celtic were to lose it, then you still think Rangers are going to win. Hey, listen, we'll find out by the end of the season. This is the thing about it. You can never say in advance, but Celtic hot, hot favourites to retain the title. No, and yeah. they are. And you yeah. know what? The, the reason, obviously, or one of the number of reasons yeah. I'd like Rangers to win it at the weekend is, is just to ask the question. You know, it just puts a question on to Celtic if, if they're going to be able to hold their nerve. Obviously, there's still another game to come at Ibrox. Again, there's going to be hot favourites to go and win irrespective of any result. If they get a draw or if Celtic do win, then you you might as well take the, the trophy across the Celtic Park but it would be good again for the interest of the league again even for the neutrals watching and, and looking on if they could just make just ask that little question because there is so much like you say to play for in this league with top six with relegation battles and obviously uh, in, in European slots as well there's still a lot to play for We're going to get your prediction before the end of the programme Yep Kenny yep, will, no will you give it? Stephen you gave us yours the other night 2-1 Yes. You said you for haven't her. changed your mind. You're allowed to. For who? Good question. Yeah, Celtic. Stephen McGinn. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, we've got quite a few people coming on saying they remember that uh, the flag being unfurled at Celtic Park in 88 89. Um, and in fact, Greg has been on. I've just lost it here at this moment. But yeah, Greg was on. He said he remembers he was four at the time. Celtic fan. Um, yep. If I remember, it was Jack McGinn who unfurled the flag. Would that be right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He, did. he was. Yeah, my, indeed. My late granny. Yeah. And I as well. Mary was there. And again, such a, a footballing family, isn't it? We're, we're proud of them, aren't we, uh, Kenny? For you know Scotland, you've got uh, John, Paul doing well at Motherwell, and uh, Stephen, if you could get... He's off to Hamden in a few weeks' time. Any tips? I'm not being patronised. What would you say to him, to his chance to lead out the team? Listen, at, it's, an at incredible, it's an incredible, it's an incredible feeling for him. You know, I mean, just just getting there, firstly, it's a, it's a big achievement for both teams, to be honest. And people can say all you want, ah, they've had lucky, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter luck of the draw, you still need to go and beat the teams that are in front of you. I mean, you only got to look at Darville against Aberdeen to see what can happen if you don't turn up and put your best performance out there. So it'll be an incredible feeling to lead your team out there. You know, to lead your team out of hand on a really special day. And by the way, what an opportunity yeah. to, for, mm. for both teams to go and get to a cup final. And let me tell you, I think you two cup finals, one on either side of the old firm. The Celtic Dunfermline and the Scottish Cup final, and actually two. Steve, the one Stephen was talking about Rangers St. Mirren yeah. and Rangers Falkirk in the in the Scottish Cup the yeah. year before. Honestly, tough, tough games. Every game is 1-0. 1-0, it was a John Alain Dumbey scored for Celtic. Topo yeah. one passed yeah. against Dunfermline. Uh, Nacho Nova wonder goal mm -hmm. against uh, against Falkirk and obviously my header in the, in the nine-man cup final. Honestly, I think in every one, maybe know the Celtic Dunfermline one, but the Rangers yeah. and Falkirk one and the Rangers St Mirren, we were right up against it in mm -hmm. those games. You know, forget the fact we were down to nine men. St Mirren were actually probably the better team mm -hmm. in the first half. You know, so anything can happen on that day if, if, the, if the bigger team turns up and maybe doesn't put their best foot forward and the other team are right up against it, they've got a chance. And the longer the game goes, you know, the, the more chance you've got. Celtic you just never know. The Dunfermline Celtic game, that was a Scottish Cup final, yep. wasn't it? I remember it. In fact, did Dunfermline not score first? No, it was 1 0. Was it 1 0? 1 0. So they didn't score first? No, they never scored at all. <laughs> the game went on. <laughs> I was out of the country at the time, but yeah. uh, I do remember the game went on longer than you would have thought. It wasn't a walkover. That yeah, no, was a late goal. I would say it was the last 10, 15 minutes or so. Okay. Kenny Miller, great memory for all these games. And Stephen, for you to create a memory, how are you feeling about the Cup semi final? Can you allow yourself a moment to think about it? I better not say it on air because uh, yeah. the manager's accusing us of um, having a focus on that yeah. semi-final because we haven't uh, been at our best in the last few league games. But no, it's, I mean, at the stage of the career I'm in, once, once you're 
dropping down the leagues, you're, you're, you're thinking that the chance of playing a Scottish Cup final is gone. And I mean, when the draw opens up, it has been kind. It's not been a, a, a smooth journey. I've been up at Wick, I've been to Alloa, I've been to Darvo, and then a home game against Ayr. It's been tricky in a, in a travelling sense, but it's uh, it's just a brilliant opportunity. Inverness being a division above um, will go in as favourites, but it's not like if we'd drawn Celtic or Rangers, we, whereas you're going to have to have the game of your life. So it's winnable and it's something we're really looking forward to. We'll be on the countdown with you, Stephen, all the way till then, but more importantly, Dunfermline this weekend. Um, it's a unique game on Saturday. It's the first time I can remember there'll be no opposition fans at all at Celtic Park. I don't know if it's ever happened there. I know it did at Ibrox. Peter Grant played in that one. Um, Alan, uh, Callum McGregor was talking about it we heard him earlier about no fans and he was asked again do you think there'll be an effect what effect will it have no opposition fans at the game uh, yeah of course it's different um, you know it's a hard enough fixture to go there with, with fans never mind you know without fans so of course the, the place becomes more hostile we'll be looking to, to use that to our advantage of course at the weekend um, so it does it adds something extra of course the game's difficult anyway but you have to go in with that sort of siege mentality that you know, it's, it's you in there against everyone else and, and trying to pick up a result. So, you know, hopefully we can harness that energy in the stadium and, and use it in a positive for us. So, of course, it did happen last season, didn't it, that there were no opposition fans. Is that going to be a big point? Well, we'll find out. Kenny, we spoke to you about it earlier on. Can I ask you in the last couple of minutes then, what about the managers then? So we've talked about all the key players, but Michael Beale's done next to nothing wrong since he arrived. Ange Postacoglu uh, can do no wrong, yeah? with Celtic since he arrived what do you think about the battle between these two for the game tactically what's going on just now and will they have surprises for us you know I, I wouldn't think there'll be too many surprises both in kind of tactics and team selections I think uh, it's small details you know it's small details in these games and I think that when you're in Scotland you come up against each other so often you know I mean, this will be what six old firms that we've had this season so you know the team's inside out you know the manager's inside out I think what we're very very fortunate at the moment is we do have two strong teams really good teams we have two really really good managers at the helm of, of these clubs as well uh, again it's an intriguing battle how, how it's going to come I think there'll be more questions about Michael at the moment uh, about how can his team can improve on the performance definitely for the cup final Uh when he came in, obviously, it was four or five games in. The first one, I think, Rangers were pretty good that day. Uh, in the second half, definitely. So, it's, uh, aye, it's, it's, a, it's a really, really good game and intriguing encounter with, with two top, for me, two top managers. I know Andrew's proved it and he's got the silverware in his first 18, 20 months as a Celtic manager to prove it and Michael's still to do that. The thing for Michael is that he has got to show something in these last, last the old firms because that is, as I say, right at the start of the show, and you're not just judged on your own progress and what you're doing at your own club you're getting judged if the other team are doing better across the set even though you have no control over what they do uh, so I really looking forward to this game on Saturday For Ange uh, what do you feel Stephen or the battle between the two managers what are you looking uh, what are you thinking this, this, for Celtic I mean Celtic going to play personnel wise depending on who's fit um, if everyone's fit it would be the Moy Hitati and, and McGregor right. behind I, I'm more intrigued uh, thinking about what Rangers might do I think there's a lot more options a lot a lot more thinking for Michael Beale I thought in the, the cup final they, they, they went longer from the goalkeeper and from the defence than, than they usually do to miss out the Celtic press be interested to see if they, they go about that again with maybe the added legs in midfield um, and did you feel that worked for them for a time? on the day and yeah. on the cup final no I didn't I, I thought Morelos looked isolated I thought Celtic were able to let the ball go through to Joe Hart and start an attack again definitely in the first half I, I didn't think um, the way they 
It is. I mean, Celtic are really good at pressing, yeah. and they are going to press no matter what. So, so they thought go the long ball, miss out the, the initial press, and get up and support Alfredo or Morelos. But yeah. in that first half, especially, I don't think it worked. I think Rangers will have a lot more from knowing Michael Beale in terms of watching his when he was a coach at Rangers, and um, obviously Aston Villa even more um, with with John. He's obsessed with control of the game, control of the ball, on and off the ball, and I think he'll approach the game um, a lot less direct. I think they'll try and play a lot more football. So, Kenny, what kind of game are we going to see? And we'll be reporting on it here as well. You will too. What do you think is going to happen on the day? Key figures and what's going to be the scoreline? Key figures, uh, and again, McGregor will be a key figure. Kyogo will mm-hmm. be a key figure for for Celtic. I'll, I always think the two centre backs are really, really important. Mm-hmm. Like the way Celtic play as well for Rangers. There is, I agree with Stephen, there's a lot more intrigue, I think, in surrounding their team selection and how they approach it. Again, I think when they've got the ball, Rangers need to be braver, they need to be better. Like you say, I think that's maybe why Raskin may play in mm-hmm. that area of the pitch alongside maybe Ryan Jack, that the he's definitely going to want to take the ball, he's not going to be wanting to chase it and, and ball's going over his head and he's not been brought to the club to do that. You know, so he's been brought to the... I think Raskin, in time, and I know it's, it's a ridiculous comparison to make but in terms of where the club I think the Rangers Raskin could be the kind of the Callum McGregor influence on the team in terms mm-hmm. of the control mm-hmm. no the quality's got a lot to prove before right. even well a lot a hell of a lot to improve and he's so before, young and he's still a young yeah. player but I think in time for the games I've seen him so far he has got that kind of control and influence over over mm-hmm. Rangers so I'm thinking if he's, he will play and they will look when they've got the ball to be a bit braver when they've not got it they can't I've said it every time these old firm games come along they can't allow Celtic into their rhythm they can't allow in their flow again but that might come into Michael's uh, selection processes mm-hmm. Who can, who's got the best mm-hmm. legs to get pressure on that how do we get pressure on about McGregor to stop him controlling the game how do we get pressure on Starfield and, and Carter Vickers so they stop them getting to the half wailing and getting their team position so so much intrigue can't wait for it Looking forward to 12.30 on Saturday. And your scoreline, what's going to happen? You know, I think uh, I think it'll be a score draw. I've got down here Joe. Yeah. I think Joe said that when he, when he came on yeah. there. Joe for Cardiff. I think it could be a 2-2. Kenny, thanks so much. Yep. Great to have you back on with us. And we'll see you soon. Stephen, likewise. And, and the big game, the other game. Who's going to win? The real derby. Is your old team going to win? <laughs> you know, I, I certainly yeah. hope so. Like Stephen says, I've done fairly with the number this year. So hopefully Falkirk can, can do one in the final and go into this playoffs with a bit of momentum. Thanks very much. Thanks, Stephen. Just pop. See you again next week. Coming up next at seven, it's Joe Day. This time tomorrow night, we'll be finishing up with Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk. Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistleberry Road, Hamilton.